everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm here today with Bren, and we have some interesting guests today. How, how about it, Bren? I mean, more interesting than me or Matt, who you listen to us every week. So <laughs> Yeah, and we, we told you guys we'd have them on the show. Uh, it's the creators of the iOS game Last or Not. It's really fun. Go check it out. But we have uh, Darren Hanine and... Uh, Stefan Leroux. Uh, and, and, uh, I apologize if I mispronounce your name. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, that was good. Yeah, pretty close. Uh, okay, yeah, I, mean, I, I thought I got yeah Darren's last name wrong. Everyone does. It's all right. How do you say it? I'm sorry. Hanin. Okay, let's see. All right, I will try not to make that mistake again. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> but um, so how are you guys? We're great. We're great. Yeah, it's going pretty good. Yeah, I bet you guys have quite a success story to talk about tonight. Um, for instance, I saw a headline that said, Last or Not uh, passes a million downloads in its first week. Can, let's just start there. Sure. I mean, that was that was really like the cherry on top of like two years of a lot of work and a lot of uncertainty. And really just, you know, it's our first game. Uh, we didn't spend a dollar on marketing and we just, we had no idea what to expect. And so I think our, our expectations were just naturally kind of conservative. And so when we started seeing numbers come in and we were like, Oh, maybe we'll get 10,000, maybe we'll get a hundred thousand, you know, maybe we'll get a million. Um, it was pretty, pretty great to see that happen. Yeah. That sounds surreal. And yeah, for your first game, that is super impressive. Like, congratulations. That's great. Thanks. Appreciate that. Thanks. Wait, you guys didn't spend any money on the marketing. We spent about $27 total on the game. Um, Oh my God. And that went to some sound (laughs) effects, like explosions that, for many reasons we could not reproduce on our sure. own. Sure. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> D- don't forget about the uh, the sticker budget too. <laughs> we, we yeah, we spent about $150 on stickers as well. <laughs> nice. Not end up in the game, but we gave to our friends as kind of a, a memento. Hell yeah, that's awesome. And I, I think the reason it was so successful with very little advertising is because you guys nailed the format of what everybody wants, or like the formula, that's what I meant. It's a free game with no advertising. Like how it's if you can do that, people are going to download it. I guarantee. And but to top everything off, your game is addicting as hell and extremely cool and fun. Like very I love the the graphical style and everything about it. Um do you guys want to first talk about how you know each other and your technical backgrounds and stuff? Sure. I mean, um this is Darren. My background is actually in uh, biology. I studied at the University of Toronto. Um and I ended up in the software industry just out of passion. I just love designing things and making things. And so I've kind of just taught myself UX and, and UI design as well as some programming that goes along with it. And so that's my background. Um, and we met at a company called Polar in Toronto here where we both worked um, for a couple of years. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is uh, Steph and just kind of a bit about my background. Um so, like, I did, I did like, a, uh, went to university for, like, computer science, and after that, I got a job. My first job, actually, was was at Polar, where, where I met Darren. And my background's mostly in, like, mobile development. So, my day job, I do, like, I, iOS, Android, like, application development. Oh, and great. Uh, always kind of been interested in making making games on the side, you know, ever since ever since I was a kid. So, um, yeah, last night's kind of the first first thing that kind of came came to fruition from that from that effort. That's super cool. Yeah, it, it's even cooler because you have the necessary background and you just had to apply it to something that you're passionate about. So that's cool. Yeah. What's it like being Canadian where you don't have to mortgage your house to go to the hospital? 
It is spectacular. I yeah. have I have a daughter and a wife, and I can tell you this year alone, just the number of times that we're like, hmm, should we go to emerge? Yeah, we probably should, just in case, just because we don't know, um, and not even have to consider like, is this going to cost us anything? Because uh, we may not have gone all those times, and thankfully there hasn't been any issue. But I couldn't imagine having to factor in cost of healthcare into oh that kind gosh. of decision. That is so lo- fortunate and lucky. I feel like I'm a hypochondriac. <laughs> I'm afraid of going to the hospital. Yeah, that shouldn't be the case. Yeah, I had a friend who uh, lived in Canada all of his life and moved to the States fairly recently. And he's saying the first year he was here, he racked up maybe $30,000 in doctor's oh. visit just by going to the doctor. Like, oh, I got to sneeze. I'll go to the doctor. I got a cough. I'll go to the doctor. Oh, geez. And well, you can't got, do that. <laughs> yeah, he got the bill and he's just like, I can never go to the doctor again. That's, no. that's brutal. <laughs> All right. On a less, uh, on a on a on a different note, <laughs> do you guys plan on making an Android version of the game? Uh, I bet. I know that's a tough question to ask. Yeah, I, I know, think like, like everybody wants to probably avoid that as a developer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think had we had we planned this a little bit better, um, I mean, I think that the real thing is like this became much more than it initially was meant to be. This was started as a side project. Um, we weren't even, you know, I didn't even really think about shipping it when I started the thing. Oh my um, gosh. And so, you know, part of our constraints were just limiting scope. So we chose a known gameplay mechanic. Um, we limited kind of the complexity of what the what the player can do. Um, you know, there's one level, there's procedural generation of stuff. Um, and part of the scope limiting factor was that we wanted to do iPhone only. Um, we probably should have did iPad in retrospect. That was a bit of a, a blunder, but... The, the language we wrote it in, um, the framework we chose was specifically iPhone or iOS. Um, so at this point, you know, unless we get a large amount of funding to do an Android version, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty much a complete rewrite. We could reuse the creative stuff, but... Ah, I see. Uh, oh, that, that makes perfect sense why you wouldn't want to go that route. Um, speaking of the framework and stuff, do you guys mind talking about the like, kind of technical uh, background involved like what kind of integrated development environment you're using and uh, the language and stuff yeah go for it stuff uh yeah sure so so we develop on max so we were using uh, uh xcode and it's written in objective c uh plus plus so okay. like, the framework they were using for like the game mechanics and game engine is we're using uh, cocos 2d um and along with that we're using uh kind of box 2d for for all the physics you're seeing Oh and, okay, and yeah, and then some some other like helper tools that uh, like Darren's been using for for doing sprite editing. But uh, that's pretty much it. Am I missing anything, Darren? Or I think that's yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, on on the creative side, I'm, I've been using Photoshop um, as well as a tool called Pixin for animation. Oh, um, awesome! And then a tool called Sprite Helper that just basically puts them all into a sprite sheet for me, uh, so I don't have to do that manually. Oh yeah, that sounds helpful. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Cool. Speaking of the art style, um, was the pixels an initial, or I guess a, a conscious effort, um, seeing as the, I guess just the popularity of Minecraft and other pixel games have gotten recently, or were you kind of limited in, since it was a side project and you didn't have that much time to invest in, you know, years of getting the exact style down? Yeah. Um, there's kind of two answers there. I mean. One is like we both grew up playing, you know, Super Nintendo, Sega. Um, some of my fondest memories are of these these really constrained video games that 
you know, they did, they only had that many pixels. Um, and so yeah. to see what the artists could do given those constraints was just really encouraging and inspiring. And so that, you know, kind of the nostalgia factor for me was really important to, you know, it was as a kid, I always imagined what a game would be like if I could make one. And so this is kind of bringing some of that stuff back. Um, and then part of it was, you know, we, we went into this and I thought, okay, well, if I'm going to have to do a bunch of artwork, maybe the pixel art style is going to be a bit easier uh, because it looks pretty simple. But um, I think it's actually, you know, I don't want to say any absolute statements, but it's, it's no easier than doing, you know, rich HD graphics because with pixel art, like you have to draw every frame uh, you can't interpolate. So you can't, you know, if you want to move the leg, you can't just say rotate it around the hip. Um, you have to draw <laughs> all the frames in between. And with pixel art, like you can't just draw lines and circles and fill. <laughs> you have to draw each one almost individually. Yeah. And so it turned out to be pretty time consuming. I actually, I've taken a stab at pixel art and God damn, it is not easy. Like I, I swear to God, it is really challenging. So it's funny you say that because I initially as like someone going into like, Oh yeah, what kind of direction do we want to take our game? Do we want to make it less uh, heavy on graphics and go an easier route and do something pixelated? It's, it's kind of misleading because it is, it's just as time consuming if you ask me. So that's, that's cool that we got your opinion on that. Yeah, I have a very newfound appreciation for all the pixel art games out there because um, they're really just pieces of art. Oh, absolutely. And speaking of, like, I, I love the fact that you guys uh, have, like, that retro background and the, the, the games that you've played, like, are your inspirations. What were some of the main inspirations for this game particularly? What What got you thinking, oh, it's a post-apocalyptic setting and all that kind of stuff? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I... I in my kind of artistic inspiration sphere, like I, I really like science fiction. I like kind of the post-apocalyptic genre, especially as far as literature goes. Um, so I don't know. I don't really know where we came up with the theme to be totally honest. Like I just started making this artwork and it kind of just started to become this like kind of gloomy looking city. And I liked this astronaut character I'd been playing with. And so I kind of just built this story around him uh, and kind of the setting he was in. And then I needed some, like, opposition to our hero. And so the tried-and-true rebellion of the robots seemed appropriate. Nice. Yeah, it's cool how it kind of came to you. <laughs> it's like it was destined to happen. Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> we were talking about it in a previous episode, but I think I realized without these um, conscious efforts to make retro-looking games like Lashonon, like Shovel Knight and these very pixel art games... Yeah. I don't think new gamers actually know what pixels are. Like some of the younger kids playing games. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a funny comment because we call it pixel art still. But I mean, on my iPhone six, um, you know, I think we're drawing it at like eight times the actual. Or no, it's got to be even more than that. Like it's not pixel art in the true sense. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a good point. I know the Shovel Knight guys. Like I read a lot about that that game's development, and they took it a step further by. You know, they really limited the palettes they were using and the technology that they were using to draw and render um, just to really achieve that nostalgic feel. And it, it does like it's a fantastic game. Yeah, I'm curious how it will affect some of the younger players, because um, to us, the players that can still remember the pixels and the good old days, the <laughs> gold rush of gaming, um, we definitely have a fondness for it. And we have those nostalgic goggles on. But would it still appeal? Do you guys think it still appeals to maybe kids now, who or maybe future generations that don't necessarily appreciate the pixel art as it has, or 
do you think this is a niche art style for a niche uh, older uh, group of gamers? Oh, I mean, I think I think they appreciate it for the same reasons we appreciate it. Like, I've seen a lot of kids play this. I've had a lot of email from from the younger audience, and I think just the kind of simplicity and kind of cartoon aesthetic um, that kind of comes across, I think, is just appreciated by that age. I mean, Minecraft and some of the bigger um, productions certainly help that familiarity. But I mean, we loved Mario because we could see enough detail to know what was going on, but you know, with pixel art, you kind of have to use your imagination to fill in some of the blanks. And, uh, this is similar. Like our character has two squares for eyes and the rest of his skin is kind of monotone. And so you really get to decide exactly what kind of guy or girl he is. Whereas, you know, you play the latest PS4 release and you can see the freckles on the skin and (laughs) you're being told exactly how this person and this environment looks and feels. Yeah. I like the, the creative, aspect of you can just i don't know sort of the simplicity of the character design allows the players to be easily immersed in that character's shoes yeah they're not looking at you know what's the shading on the hair look like oh that doesn't look very real um they're just saying oh this guy looks cool oh what's coming on like just jump right into the game they're not saying oh it's another protagonist that looks like mark Wahlberg. yes (laughs) (laughs) we specifically went against that genre and cliche (laughs) um well i have a quick question um do you guys have any future projects are you i know you're doing updates and stuff for this and obviously this is your your brainchild your baby like you're probably going to keep doing updates for it for a while but is there a last or not two on the horizon or a separate project are you guys just going to kind of ride this out for a while i think i mean short term i think the fun i mean we were talking about this the other day um both of us were it was a pretty long development process um with a lot of challenges kind of over the the time period and we kind of reached this point where we had lunch one day and we just said like okay what is what's the least amount of work we can do just to get this finished so that we can call it done and ship it so that we can just lay it to rest and never look at it again because we were just honestly getting like just a little you get exhausted by working on the same thing for so long and so we were just planning to ship it and move on. Uh, we have some ideas for what we want to do next. and uh, But, you know, the response we got and just the fun that we've seen people have with the game um, kind of just brought new energy to the project. So we're working on some updates now. Um, we'll probably re- support it as long as people are playing it. We've used Google Analytics, so we have a pretty good idea of, of what the engagement's like. And, you know, as long as people continue to, to play, um, we'll support it. And then when it kind of has its time, we'll uh, we'll move on. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds cool. Um, speaking of some of your metrics, are there any you're capable of sharing with us? Yeah, I mean, we mentioned um, we hit just over 1.1 million users in our first week, which is a huge milestone for us. I don't know what the, the current numbers are. Steph, you might have a better idea, but I think in the first seven days, um, people spent about 44 years playing the game. Um, oh my god. <laughs> which we felt like a little bit guilty about, but I mean, people are going to spend their time however they choose, and across that many people is really not that much time per person. Yeah, um, I know what you mean, though, but the way it adds up is quite an impressive uh, statistic. Yeah, I think there's some good numbers on our blog. I think people ran about 15 billion meters in the first week. Oh, um, my God. And I think it was 15 billion shots fired. 15 billion shots fired. Yeah, like, just, 
I mean, we were testing this and we had our analytics running through the beta and we were getting excited when like we passed 10,000 and 20,000 and <laughs> then like Google analytics just stopped working for us for a couple of days because it was, we were sending too much data. <laughs> that's, when it came that's back awesome. up and we saw the numbers, we were like, oh gosh, this is just like, this is astronomical. That is, holy crap. Um, so speaking of this game, well, for our listeners, if you haven't played it, like just go get it. It's free. If you have an iOS device, just get it. Um, it's an endless runner, and I I remember I played it when we first had like the early access to it, yeah. and I had a blast. Uh, my question is though, is there an actual end of the game, <laughs> and are you capable of revealing this? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That, that is that's okay. I kind of expected that answer. And what was the highest score you've personally, each individually, have ever gotten? Oh, I think I'm like mid two thousands, like not too. That great. is sick. It's it's okay. There's some crazy people on the leaderboards. I've been watching them, and some guy got eleven thousand and something. Or no oh, way. Man. Yeah, I'm just. I'm not I, in the top five hundred. I don't think. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how you get that high. I think. I think my highest might have been like twenty four hundred, but I don't. I think that might have been in beta. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's even funnier that it's it's cool because you guys made this game. Don't know if there's an ending, and <laughs> <laughs> and these people are going even further than you've gone in the game. We should ask that, them. They might. Know. Yes, I know. I I want to. That's what I mean. I'm gonna have to get to like fifty thousand and then just spend my whole life playing the game. <laughs> we wouldn't stop you. i'm curious i see uh on your blog you have some of the other stats and it says there's a pretty even distribution of all the weapons yeah we were we were shocked like just we followed twitter pretty closely and youtube and some of the reviews that were coming out and it seemed like i think the flamethrower was the the number one pick and then the laser beam was kind of polarizing people either loved it or just hated it um, I, was I, the, think, I was the hate it. Yeah, <laughs> the hater. Unfortunately, it only the only reason it just it just interrupted my flow, and I I would just get screwed every time. But I think there's like I think even AJ, the other our other co-host who was going to join us tonight, was, but was unable to. He played the game and said something along the lines of, "It's it's handy if you know how to use it." Yeah, that's that's kind of how I'd characterize that weapon. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we looked at part part of our beta was just balancing things. So some of the weapons used to be more powerful and some used to be weaker. And so we saw this, this misaligned distribution. And so we, we worked through the beta to kind of balance the weapons so that there wasn't really a, an overly powerful or, or underly, underly under powerful weapon. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we just didn't know how that would really stack up with the wide release. And, and after the first couple of weeks, like we looked at the distribution and, of the five weapons, like it's almost a perfect 2020-2020 split. I think the flamethrower is 23% by, um, and that's the lead. But yeah, people people have their favorites, and it's really, I don't think there's any one that people just unanimously stick to, which was surprising. Yeah. That's really cool. That's a success in and of itself. Yeah, we're pretty happy to see that. I think that's a testament to some of the game design, but maybe just, you know, it's hard to avoid the weapon drop sometimes, so that might be it too. Yeah, personally, when I was playing, if I did have like my weapon of choice, I would try to avoid the other ones <laughs> just because I'm like, all right, I got it. <laughs> it's a but good, right. it's a good tactic. Definitely. Well, Bren, I pretty much hit all my main points. Um, do you have any questions for these guys, or do you want to give a stab at this conversation game? I still got a few. Um, do you know for a fact if it's 
possible to win every single run, or do you think that there is a degree of luck included as well as skill? Um, I definitely died after like 30 meters, and I think that's the easiest you can, <laughs> or like the, the fastest you can die. Yeah, 29.30 I think is like the first, the first enemy that comes in. Um, yes. I don't know, that's an interesting one. Like I think the way we, the way we populate the, the game field is like it's using a random kind of procedural method, and so we wait the first couple seconds to give you a breath and then we just randomly pick an enemy to spawn. There's a distribution curve that we have. So you don't always get the harder things. You don't always get the the bomb droppers, you know, every third time. Um, but I guess because it is random, you could have like objectively harder sets of obstacles and sometimes you might get an easier one. But I mean, the frequency that they increase by the speed that, um, they happen at is constant from run to run. So I don't know. What do you think, Stefan? Mm, I think, um, I think it's kind of a mix of both. Like it's a bit of luck, bit of, cause I find like when you, when you're playing it, you kind of get into this flow and you, yeah. you almost create like meta strategies as far as avoiding like fire hydrants, avoiding missiles and stuff. So yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just kind of a combination of both. Definitely. It seems that way. And yeah, avoiding mines and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I know there's, I know there's one issue where uh, somebody complained about the fire hydrant where sometimes you get a mine underneath it and it's really hard to shoot. So that's one of those things where it's like luck, right? It's like, you can't, you can't reach it. So what are you going to do about it? So, so yeah, I think, I think it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, randomly generated and also a bit of luck and, and skill. Yeah, probably over the like long run of your gaming career, it'll it'll even out. I think <laughs> <laughs> your astronaut career. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Become a professional astronaut player. Yeah, I'd like to see that. We've had people ask for merch, so maybe that's what they're doing. They're doing jerseys. Oh, there you or go. That leads to actually a question I I thought of. Um, has has this success brought you guys any kind of besides like all the the press and stuff? Like, is there any kind of specific opportunities that you've um that have come to light as a result of this? Um, well, I don't think we'll ever have to go looking for an advertising network anymore because <laughs> our inboxes are just like flooded with pretty much every ad network being like, Hey, we love your game. It's great. Like, have you thought you about advertising? Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. And yeah. so I just oh send gosh. them my blog post in like a one line response. Um, I love that you guys don't incorporate it. Just don't put up with that. It, I think that's another reason you guys have such like a huge following now. People, uh, it's like you've built this trust with your audience, like, and that's that's a huge. It's it's been comical. Like we were listening to another podcast that discussed the game. Um, this wasn't one that we were on. It was just these guys reviewing mobile games, and um, they liked it. And then they kind of wrapped up by saying, "So I don't see any ads in here." So I'm not. I'm not quite sure what they're doing. I don't really know <laughs> what's going on here. <laughs> it was like such an alien concept. Which I mean, to be totally fair, like you know, we don't want to belittle the gaming community and like develop game developers deserve to monetize their products. Like there are people who this is their day job. People should be paying for apps on their phones. We have absolutely no issue with that. Um, and if we do f- future projects, um, there will definitely be an aspect of of you know, supporting our, our work with the games. Um, but this was cause kind of our, you know, as we called it in the blog post, our love letter, um, to gaming where we just said, this is the first one it's free. Enjoy it. Love it. 
Um, See, that, we'll go from that's here. a genius way to start off. Yeah, I mean, we had the luxury of, of you know, we're both employed full-time, um, and so we're not relying on this project to pay our bills. Um, were we, probably would have been a different story, but uh, of course. we had the opportunity to just put something that we loved and cared about into the hands of others with, like, just kind of this pure passage of, of artistic whatever. Like, we just wanted people to play it. That was kind of our, our only goal. Do you guys... For- foresee yourself going uh to like i don't know say a game kind of convention or something to like uh just kind of have a booth i'd be down Stop. yeah that'd, that'd be that'd be awesome i'd love to go to i'd love to go I, any, like um any conferences like that packs or anything that'd be that's awesome. i really you guys have the background now like you have the credibility i think you should go for it without a doubt yeah we had this funny realization like the week before we launched that gdc was on while we launched our game um and so we're like, well, probably most of the press is going to be covering GDC and it's maybe not the best week to launch an indie game from a totally unknown studio, <laughs> but I mean, whatever, like it turned out. Okay. Yeah, it really did. Yeah. 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 It wasn't, wasn't too shabby. So maybe <laughs> with our, you know, maybe once we find a way to fund our flights to these conferences and our tickets. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's the, the next step. Yeah. But all right, cool. I, yeah, I definitely think you guys should go for something like that, and just really, I think it'd, it'd be awesome for your career. Yeah, it's definitely something we we totally love to do. I think just we just need to figure out the logistics of you know going. But uh, oh, in fact, it's funny. Uh, we interviewed another two team game indie game team called uh, Frag Castle Studios, and they kind of put up a blog post on the logistics of going to what was it PAX East? I think it was. Do you remember, so. Bren? Yeah. They're in Boston, so yeah, I think. Yeah, probably. I think it was, East. too. Yeah. yeah, and they wrote up a, a pretty much detailed blog post about how much it costs for them to go. But then again, that's provided they were like only an hour away or something. So. Yeah, I mean, as Coming soon as you have Toronto, to fly, it's, it's a little bit of a different story. But yeah, yeah. We, could, we could probably drive to PAX East. It's only, you know, we can make a road trip out of it. That'd be a good road trip. I'd yeah. do that. All right. Yeah. Oh, wow, Canada. cool. <laughs> Would you make like a spin-off game of like your infinite runner of your road trip home to it in the car and you gotta jump over potholes and stuff? We'll consider it. Patched or not? Yeah. Um, I was curious, uh in the game you were able to share on social media, like through Facebook and just um just to share with your friends right away. Do you think that was kind of an element that really helped spread the word of your game since you didn't really have uh an advertising budget? Probably. I mean, that was one of the later things we added. Um, That was one of the things we didn't track in Google Analytics was the usage of those buttons, which was kind of a shame. But I mean, we've been following the hashtag on Twitter and just kind of keeping an eye on it. And um, I know, like, certainly I saw a lot of times where it was tweeted and then a couple of people would write back and be like, oh, what is that? And then, oh, it's last night. Check it out. And so, you know, I think it probably helped. I don't know if it really was the thing that drove us to a million, but um, it certainly didn't hurt. Yeah, you guys got on websites like TechCrunch and stuff too. How did that pan out? Um, yeah, hard to say. Like <laughs> what the effect was. It was yeah. all organic. Like I don't even remember. That's amazing. Did you find it stuff or like I can't remember who found it? But oh, I I forget what happened. I think it was it was Thursday when we launched, and yeah. it was around eleven a.m. And I think I think you might have found it. Okay, or somebody might have messaged. Someone might have sent it to me or something. Yeah, and I, I think we were just sitting there like, "Oh my god, is this on TechCrunch?" And we just kind of, we just kind of lost it. 
Yeah, I, I would lose my shit. That's really cool. Yeah, that's, and yeah, and it had like four hundred fifty plus shares. So that's that's. I think that really got you a lot of traffic. That was that was probably the moment where I opened the link, and my heart was just like, "Please say something good. Please say something good. Like, <laughs> don't just bash my game in front of the entire world because yeah. that would just kill me." But they, yeah, I think they liked it, and Time Magazine picked it up um, that week, and then. I think it was this week, actually, Time listed it as one of their top five iPhone games for March, which was like, that's going to be printed on my wall for sure. Cause that oh, my was, gosh. Yeah, yeah. And, cool I, moments. and I thought I was like saying, like, oh, TechCrunch, but Time, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's so really it, cool. it, was, it was fun to see, like, just that people, I think we just, I don't know, for me at least, like, we put a lot of work into this, um, and the worst thing that could have happened was just for people to not appreciate it or not care about it and to see people both appreciate it and have fun with it. Like we got emails from, you know, dads who were up late with their kids playing it and kids, <laughs> kids who like, you know, they're asking me how we make video games cause they want to learn how to make it cause they love last and people making art projects and stuff like that's, that was like the real reward I think was just to mm-hmm. see like, that was me, you know, 20 years ago, drawing Mario in my coloring book. And so to see some kids and, and people get inspired by the project was uh, really rewarding. Yeah. How could people not enjoy it, man? It is, <laughs> it is quite the game. It's, it's really an awesome creation. And I'm, I'm really glad you guys did put all that work, time and effort into it. Cause I certainly enjoy it. And so do all, millions of people. <laughs> yeah. Thanks very much. Oh, we appreciate that. It of se- course. It sounds like it's sort of like the field of dreams of games. You know, make a good game and people will find it. It's kind of what we're learning. Like, I mean, people have asked us a couple of times, like, why we think it, res- like, got the reception it did. And, you know, I don't, I don't have the real answer, but I just truly believe, like, if you make something that's fun and you make something that's good and you're not trying to exploit people's weaknesses or exploit their patience or things like that, like, if you just make something that's fun people are going to gravitate towards it and um i don't think there's any other explanation for why people are still playing it so yeah it's genuinely fun for sure i was curious i've looked up uh Lashonaut on youtube and i found a few videos i don't know if they're necessarily considered let's plays because it's just the gameplay footage and the guy's quiet the whole time yep which is great because sometimes you just don't need somebody jabbering over top of a game. Yeah, um, like all my videos. <laughs> like what we're trying to do here. But watch our videos. Ours are great. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> but I'm curious how you guys feel as game developers about Let's Plays and Let's Players. Like, do you think it's good to get the sort of free press of someone just finding a game and like, huh, this looks cool and playing it? Or do you? is there a little part of you in the back of your mind that's, worried that they might upload a video and think oh this game sucks like don't buy it and like sort of giving a backlash to the game without even being an official game reviewer it's like just some guy in kansas and he might have a (laughs) negative impact on your game yeah i mean i think for the most part like we just laughed like most of the videos were were pretty great like one guy was just he was like thanking our mothers for like (laughs) birthing us or something that's Um, amazing these two kids were talking about the game for like 10 minutes and they just they totally missed the point of the story like they couldn't figure out <laughs> what was going on um and so like for the most part we just had fun with it i think it was the first video i saw um where two guys were talking about it and like they weren't negative but they had some good critical points about the game and i think like for that to be the very first one we saw was like okay well 
you know, we knew it wasn't perfect. Like, you know, we, you know, we knew this was, it's our first game. Like we just started justifying it, but then, you know, as it made its way around the globe and I think pretty much all the videos have just been like, even the ones that were like a little bit critical, like an explosion would happen and then they would cut off mid sentence to be like, Whoa, that was so cool. So (laughs) nice. I mean, for us, at least it's free press. It's fun to see people play it. It's fun to like, it's one thing to see numbers in iTunes, but it's another to like hear their actual reactions and like hear them talk about it and have fun. So I'm yeah. all for it. Yeah. It was just like, it's crazy to see like somebody you, you never met, you, you don't know playing something you made. It's like, okay, that, that's, that's <laughs> crazy. Like this, like this exists outside of that, of your like kind of local realm. And I think that going back to that video Darren mentioned about thanking her moms, I got I got a text message from my mom saying, "Someone thank me for your game." I was like, "What?" That is amazing. That's yeah. fantastic. So, I really, cool. yeah. I think I really for anyone think- who like you know, my background is in design, and so like you have to, as a professional, just be confident in your work, and like people are gonna hate what you do no matter what like I work my day job is I work um, at Mozilla and I'm part of the Firefox design team and you know we have a lot of people out there that really dislike what we're doing and critique every single update we put out and every pixel that we put on the screen people have an issue with it and you just just learn (laughs) to like I don't know that kind of feedback is useless to everyone involved and you just learn to just let it go and I mean, if someone doesn't have anything better to do than like put down other people's work, then uh, their view, like opinion, is not super important to me. Yeah, agreed. Haters gonna hate, but it's it <laughs> is what it is. To quote Taylor Swift, <laughs> hate, hate, oh, hate, hate. But I really think, <laughs> as a result, though, any any press is good press. Like no matter what, even if it is negative. Like if imagine someone's playing the game and like t- trying to talk shit, the person watching the video might be thinking, "Oh, well, despite them talking shit, it looks really interesting to me, regardless." So I think no matter what, it's just it's any press is yeah gonna you're gonna be gr- grateful for the traffic. Totally, totally. I, I have to agree. I know personally for me, I've seen guys review certain games and I was like, hmm, I generally don't like this guy because he's kind of an asshole for no reason. <laughs> so I'll play a game that he just rants about and says he hates and I'll play it specifically to see if it's actually bad or if it's just this guy once again being an asshole. So I would agree with that. With the Most press. critics are. So <laughs> I mean, it's also their job. So you can't really write anything. It's like, this game was perfect. And I'm out of a job. Like, you kind of have to be a little critical. True, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the best ones were the ones that were, you know, constructive, but also critical. Like, I loved seeing the things that caused people grief and the things that were frustrating because as a game designer, like, that's the stuff I care about. I, I know how to do the easy stuff, but mm-hmm. it's those little details, like, things we just didn't think of. Like, people really like the hardcore players really hate the slow motion death because they just want to get back into the next game. And oh, sure. every it's time speed. that happens, I'm like, I'm just my eyes open and I love watching all the particles and everything. I never would have thought once that anyone would want to skip that for any reason, but <laughs> I'm not most players. And so that kind of feedback is super helpful. Well, Stefan, I have a question for you. Um, what was some of the most interesting bugs you ran into, or like early in the in the process of the game, or like did you have any after launching? Like, was there any kind of like nightmarish moment where it's like, oh, I have to quickly fix something? Um, well, there's the app rating one. That one that one kind of freaked me out. Wake up like the morning, 
So we, so we have the app scheduled to launch like on the Thursday, right? So, so wake up in the morning. First thing I do, kind of lean over my bed, open my phone. I'm like, oh, you know, I got to see it's on the app store. So I download it. And the first thing I see was the, the app rating like prompt saying, Hey, you want to rate this app? I was like, wait a minute. Wait, why is this showing right away? I, I just installed the app. So I figured maybe, you know, maybe it was because I had the previous version or something. So, you know, I leaned over, like, you know, asked my wife, I'm like, Hey, can you, can you install this on your phone? She's like, well, I, like, I want to see if I get this rating. So I guess there was a bug in the code where every time, you know, as, as a user first download the app, you see this app rating right in your face right away. And I was you're like, sp- oh, you're supposed no. to see it after like 20, after 20 finished games, we wanted to pop up something once that said, Hey, if you like the app, rate it for us. That's oh, it. that's really, that's a good pace. Um, yeah. But yeah, like it but was right away. Up. Right. It's like, Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was definitely uh, one of the more frustrating ones, but um, yeah, I mean, you know what, overall there wasn't too many like serious bugs, but yeah, there was another, like another kind of, a kind of big one that we hit in the first couple of days too, with the leaderboards. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. The leaderboards not updating. That was, <laughs> that about that so, so our leaderboards were populating and so it looked like it was working, but I had friends message me and be like, Oh, I just beat the top score. Like how come, when do I show up on the leaderboard? I'm like, Oh, maybe it takes some time. Like, I don't know. Like I don't, we didn't really pay attention during testing. We just made sure it was showing up at some point and it just wasn't showing up and it wasn't showing up and it wasn't showing up and the numbers were climbing. Like I think we had, you know, 15,000 players on the leaderboard. And, uh, so I, I could, I had no idea what was going on. So I asked Steph to, to look into it and I mean, you can tell them the rest if you want. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So the, so the issue was, um, it was like a deprecated API with the game center, uh, interface and it was it would only worked on on like iOS seven devices. So anyone who's playing on iOS seven would get on the leaderboard. And if you're on iOS eight, it wouldn't oh. do anything. So we're getting messages from people like, Hey, how come my score's out there? You know, my score's better than that person. You know, what what gives? You trying to like block me out? I was like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so I think we had like maybe five or seven percent of our players on iOS seven. So like over ninety percent of our players in the first couple of days were just Ooh. being excluded from the leaderboard oh, entirely. Wow. And I mean See? we built this game over two years and so I'm surprised we didn't hit more cases like that because we built the game center stuff like a year and a half ago. Yeah. And wow. We just, it worked fine when we built it. And so we had no reason to really check. And also you probably weren't in- initially intending on such a huge success. So you're like thinking, Oh, our leaderboards, a couple hundred people or something. Yeah. Like we saw, <laughs> we saw like 10, 15, 20,000 people showing up on the leaderboard. So I'm like, okay, well it's clearly working for most people because that's a lot of people. And then we fixed it and Apple was able to expedite, you know, those two hot fixes. And then we started seeing like 100, 200, 300, 400,000 on the leaderboard. And we were like, Oh man, like, thank goodness we caught that. Thanks to our friends out there who messaged me over and over and over bugging me about their score. Cause I don't know. (laughs) We probably would have caught it at some point, but I'm glad I asked then. Cause yeah, I always imagine like, for certain developers, as soon as you launch a game, there's got to be like some nightmarish moment where you're just like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, so she, I mean, it was our first one. So we didn't have any QA process in place. We didn't have any like tests written. Um, we just, it, you know, to be totally honest, it's a bit of a like patchwork of, of months and years of this and that in the code base. And so, I mean, I, I'm honestly surprised it worked as well as it did. It was, it was also just like a learning experiment too, right? Like, yes. Over the course of two years, it's like, how do we do this? How do we do that? And it's kind of just learning step by step. So it's it's almost just like a big knowledge bank of, of code snippets that, that we kind of compiled over the two years. Yeah, it was that. And then like, you know, the past 
the probably the last like five or six months was mostly polish and menus and UI. And like at that point, all best practices just went out the window and like we were just hacking stuff into here and there and like pretty much just like gluing and taping things onto the edge <laughs> so that it would work. <laughs> and, you know, it kind of held together, I guess. <laughs> it totally did. I like, <laughs> I like that a big problem and a glitch you guys found was brought to your attention by just your buddies trying to brag. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, I did better than everyone else. Where's my score? Like, a yeah. game was fixed by someone's ego. <laughs> we got great friends. <laughs> nice. I see on the Twitter, uh, you guys recently uh, tweeted out that there might be new suits coming, maybe ru- uh, red or blue. Can't yeah, I- yeah. I mean, uh, we haven't shared too much about that. We wanted to, you know, there's a couple themes of feedback that we've seen. Um, a bunch of them are kind of just like technical. Like I want to be able to mute the audio so I can listen to my own music or I want to disable the slow motion effect. So all that stuff is going to be in the next update. Um, Oh, awesome. But we also just, you know, we had a lot of people asking us like, how can we support you guys? How can we like, you know, people saying, I want to buy stuff. I want to like give you guys money is like literally what people have been saying, which, you know, is hard to ignore. And so, you know, we're going to, we're going to do a couple of things in the next update that, Nothing will nothing will give you an advantage. Nothing will make it easier. Nothing will get you ahead in the game. Um, but, you know, there will be some things that you can upgrade and, and kind of play around with if you so choose. So, uh, I mean, that probably gave way more than we said to anyone yet. But <laughs> we got some exclusives here. Yeah, All right. yeah. Almost better than sounds exclusive. Yeah. Uh, um, but, no, that sounds really exciting. And, oh, crap, I forget what I was going to say. Maybe you could come up with something, Brent. <laughs> But it'll be more on like the cosmetic side where you can customize it the uh, your way you want without altering the game to make it you know a pay to win sort of style. Yes, yeah, there'll be oh, there'll totally. be there'll be two kind of major customization elements. One will be totally optional, purely cosmetic, um, and that's along the lines of like you know new suits or characters or whatever. And then the second is um, more progression related. So one of the one of the big design flaws we realized was. Once you reach a high score, um, you know, your, your goal with every run is to beat your high score. And once you get a really good high score, 90% of your runs are just totally useless. Like, you don't get anything. If you make it 8,000 meters and your next run is 7,000 meters, like, it, it means nothing because you didn't break your record. And so we wanted to find some ways to make every run count to give you a little bit of reward with each one, even if it's a short one. Um, oh, nice! Toward toward some kind of like cumulative experience points kind of model where, you know, just by playing over and over and over, you're going to be able to unlock a few different things and then you know choose the ones you'd like um, as far you know kind of like perks or things like that. If you've seen that in other games, so just give people like a reason to keep playing and then be able to change the gameplay a little bit once you hit a certain point, um, just to kind of give you some new fun things to play with. Oh my gosh, those. All of those ideas sound genius, and I'm really excited for excited for it. And I, I remember what I was going to say. If I was in your shoes, and people are literally like, "Take my money," um, you guys should start a Kickstarter for like a new project. Yeah, that that's come up for sure. Um, yeah, we'll definitely, yeah, we'll definitely want some way to at least partially fund future projects, just so that we're not, you know, doing this just with this grand hope that it'll someday mean something. But 
Um, I think, yeah, you definitely you guys have the, the audience. You've built this relationship with the people who love your game. And I think, yeah, if you have people that are really that, like, looking for merch and stuff, if you guys put a Kickstarter out there for Alastronaut 2, it, I think it'd meet its deadline in no time. Cool. Well, that's encouraging. And, uh, you know, yeah. maybe we'll, we'll get in touch with you guys to help promote it or something. Oh, hell yeah. We'll <laughs> definitely do that. Maybe even a Patreon to sort of fund the merch if people have been asking for like t-shirts or something or maybe a little lastronaut doll yeah i came uh, across that site recently and I, I love the idea behind it and so we're just kind of you know putting our heads down on this update and then once we come up for air um you know people have asked for the soundtrack on itunes like there's just a lot of avenues that we can leverage some of the creative assets we've developed um awesome into just different did you see things. the guy who who ripped the sounds from the game yeah, he did. Like, he, yeah. <laughs> he like put the game on his computer and like opened up the like IPA package and like went through all the audio and like made his own version of the soundtrack. And like, <laughs> I probably would have just sent him the music if he had asked me. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I just saw a tweet hardcore. and he's like, jam into the astronaut soundtrack. And so I, <laughs> I messaged him, I'm like, cool, like, where did you get this? And he's like, oh, I like ripped apart the app and like found all the audio. And I'm like, awesome. Like, great. <laughs> Dude, that is wild. Yeah. I've noticed with games recently, uh, a lot of them are starting to sell the soundtrack separately as, you know, some of them have been doing it for a dollar extra or 99 cents. Some are just giving it away for free. And it seems like there's a bigger community and a bigger uh, need or cry out for the uh, sounds from the game and the music. Totally. Like, that's, I mean, the response has been really cool. I'm not a musician by by any means. Um and so, like, to hear people, like, I wrote all the music for the game, and it's just been really fun to hear people, like, liking it and wanting to listen to it outside of the game. And, the ch- I mean, the main challenge right now is most of the music is, like, a 20 or 30 second piece that was meant to just loop. So that if you play it for 20 minutes, like, it's kind of an interesting loop that just keeps going. And so I don't know if I could really sell a soundtrack that's, like, 60 seconds total, but... Um, I may, you know, I'd go back and flesh them out into bigger compositions and I don't know, with all my free time, I guess. <laughs> and who knows, maybe once you release the soundtrack, you might get um, some of your fans to actually mix up the audio themselves and make sort of chiptune since chiptune artists seem to be really taking off right now. Yeah, I've had a couple actually email me, Steph, I should send you some of those samples because people have been just like ad hoc sending me audio like music that they're like hey if you want to use it in the game like go for it and some of us oh, are really? really great so oh man that's cool yeah. maybe when we do a you know whatever project next we can get some free music from some like actual musicians <laughs> <laughs> awesome yeah that sounds exciting yeah we use chiptune music in our show to a degree yeah we try we're in fact we're going to be interviewing an interesting chiptune artist on the on the horizon so listeners can look forward to that awesome i love i love chiptune like i listen to it at work while I'm working because it's the same thing. Like it's just the constraints that that kind of style puts on you as an artist is it's really interesting to see what people come up with. Oh, absolutely. One of my favorite artists was, uh, Ikari. I, I think it was actually, a, a girl. Well, I don't want to say girl of a, a woman from Japan, but I think she passed away and it's a shame. Cause I would have loved to interview her. Her music's so like, it's like a staple in chiptune. Awesome. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. I'm surprised, uh, like you said, the restraint that some artists are in. And it seems like with the internet and being able to connect with the entire world, we have we went from like a swimming pool to the ocean where there yeah. are no bounds, there's no limit. And it's interesting to people to see people put themselves within a restraint, like just to see how 
what they can do with it and to see what can be made out of the minimal amount. Totally. I mean, there's that old saying that creativity comes from constraint. And I, I totally think it's true because when you have all the tools in front of you, like it's, it's easy to make something half decent these days. Like it's really challenging to, to put constraints on yourself and come up with something. Um, there's actually a great Ted talk by a chiptune artist called Danimal Cannon, um, where he actually writes and records his music on like actual Game Boy hardware. Like he, that is amazing. He programs like the actual chips to make the tunes. Uh, That's about as technical as I can get with it. But his concerts are like eight Game Boys hooked up and he just sequences them and like plays an electric guitar in the background. And it's fantastic. That is literally my favorite type of chiptune when they are that hardcore and use a Game Boy to create a song. That just blows my mind. And in fact, the guy we're interviewing, uh, Rocco Walters, he, he's been able to do that and for some of his music as well. That stuff just, just blows my mind. Same, yeah. It just it seems like a New Age version of Stomp to me. <laughs> like, you know, they're just banging on digital trash cans and water jugs. Yeah. I just I think there's also just this fascination as we move forward um, with the past and like just like that retro feel. I think it's it's you've seen it with a lot of yeah mainstream games and stuff. But I also think it's just gonna moving forward. We're gonna see a lot of um, I think for 2015 specifically a lot of like platforming rebirth and just like a retro feel with chiptune music and but we'll see. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it was a pretty important part of video game history and just that whole aesthetic. Um, I really hope it lives on. I heard a funny, uh, I can't remember who was telling me about this, but they were, there was this like kid who saw a floppy disk. Um, I think it was on Reddit or something. And they, they basically thought it was like a 3d printed save icon. Cause that's, <laughs> oh my that's, God. Like, that's the only way they knew that shape. And, like, with that literally on a previous episode the episode where we were like oh kids don't know what pixels pixels are and i was like then we mentioned something about floppy disks and i'm like oh they probably don't know what that is and brand's like yeah they do it's the save icon <laughs> and here we go like that is literally that to a t so i mean oh i think it's God. up to like you know this generation to to carry the torch and like you know maybe not recreate what we did in the 80s but like i think there is always room to like just tip your hat to where video games came from and just kind of, I mean, for us, it's what we, what we grew up loving and spending our, our evenings and nights playing. So it was just an obvious choice to dive into that style. Definitely. But, um, do you, do you guys want to play a game or do you guys, are you kind of on a schedule? Um, I don't really have a schedule, but I don't know what the game is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's pretty quick. Um, the idea would be it'd be uh, Darren versus Stefan and either me or Bren or Judge. But the idea is we give you a category, say, I, I don't even know. What's our example category, Bren? Well, um, it's kind of like existential rock, paper, scissors. You just choose who's better in a given scenario. Okay, got and it. And it can be literally whatever you want it to be. So, yeah, if I said in a previous episode, it's like, oh, if you're trapped underwater in a frozen lake, what's the uh, one item you'd want to use to uh, get out? And then you both have the creative ability to just choose any given noun. Like, I think the one was like the flame sword from Final Fantasy versus like something else. So, like, it gets pretty it gets pretty ridiculous. But it's it's just like a fun way to pass time if you guys are up to it. Yeah, let's try it. And then if we yeah. think it sucks afterwards, we can just cut it. But <laughs> Okay, cool. Yeah. I don't know how on the, the past, on the spot we are at like 930 after a work week. But. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Yeah, no. In, in the past, we've had some uh, epic fails. So <laughs> don't worry. I think my favorite was uh, you're in like the nuclear apocalypse. Like you're the only survivor. What do you want to have? And someone said a machine to stop 
time. And another person said, rocket power sweatpants. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, yeah, that one was ridiculous. Okay, I think we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the bar is low. The bar is very low. <laughs> All right. Well, it looks like we're going to play I Was the Walrus. already explained the rules to uh these guys and they're gonna face off here um brent do you want to be judge or do you want me to i mean we could collectively be like both judge but it's up to you i think you'd probably be better off as judge because i just pick the dumbest things <laughs> all right well maybe just help me with the category like i'll, I'll, I'll let me think of a initial one here hmm all right uh no that's a dumb one <laughs> Bren, if you have any help, I'm open. But I'm, I really, I do, I, I'm close to something, but I'm just trying to narrow it down. Oh, uh, how about which fantasy world would you prefer to live in? As in a fantasy world? As in, like, a book world, a movie world, like a, or a video a, game? Like a work of fiction world that, like, already exists. Like, one that we can know and point out, like, the Lord of the Rings world, or Star Wars, or Harry Potter, Okay, yeah, I like that idea. Um, but you wouldn't be the main character, so you're not guaranteed to be safe. But you're in their world. You're in their world. You're okay. just a regular person in that world. So which which of the random assortment of fictional universes would you prefer to be in? And you're welcome to take as long as you need to come up with an answer, and then just let me know when you're ready. I'm good, Steph. Oh man! Uh, <laughs> I, I yeah, thought about this. A lot, this game's a lot harder when we like once we start playing. Fictional, <laughs> use, fictional care, uh, world. Okay. Um, put to use all those middle school daydreams. Oh, jeez. Oh. I like how open that that one is. That's a good category, Brent. Because I would you could do a game, you could do a movie, you could literally do a anything. Yeah, that's nice. You could do the movie Titanic or the movie Speed 2 Cruise Control. <laughs> oh, God. While they are brainstorming, I'm going to think of the next category. Okay, that's good I think idea. I got my answer. Oh, okay, okay, awesome. All right, so how this works is I'm just going to count down and then say go. So, Can we say it at the right. same time? Yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. Around one, three, two, one, go. High rule from Zelda. Okay, and what was yours, Stefan? Oh, sorry. Um, oh, we're saying ours at the same time. Shoot. Um, no worries. Right. <laughs> you said Zelda, man. I was actually thinking that. No, I was going to say the Matrix. Ooh. Oh, wow. So I already have a question. Now, <laughs> shoot. With the Matrix, are we talking about the real world of the Matrix, <laughs> where Sentinels run the world, or are you talking about the machine, the Matrix based world, where or the programmed world that we think we live in? Deep, deep. Yeah, I'd be in both, man. I'd be like Neo. I'd go to the machine <laughs> world when I want. Go to the real, yeah. like the, the fake world whenever I need to escape. Just dip your toe in, you know. Yeah, Why would you I, ever go to the machine world? It's terrible. Yeah, that is a <laughs> frightening existence. But uh, explain, yeah, what are the benefits of Hyrule? <laughs> it's um, Hyrule. <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah. There's yeah. some, you know, whenever anything goes wrong, there's always a guy that's around to help you. 
yeah. I just yeah. spend like like hours and days wandering around in my childhood <laughs> in my mind. In, Steph- in Stefan's defense, it sounds like a lot more of an interesting world, but you could easily get killed. But you could also just go slow motion and dodge all sorts of bullets. So yeah, I'm more of just like a like a fishing, horse riding, like watch the sunset kind of guy. So <laughs> but you, get, you wouldn't be able to eat chickens. So what are you gonna do with the chickens? Just throw them. <laughs> Obviously, but then you get some Peter Pan-looking guy running around breaking all your pots. Yeah, well, you know, you won't be able to store anything. Nowhere is perfect. All right, all right. I'm, I'm, I, I've come to a conclusion. I'm going to go with High Rule because, yeah, I, I like the idea of sunsets and the happy <laughs> world of not like just like horrifying like droid monsters and all that. Sentinels, that was it. You have horrifying pig demon monsters that are called Ganon. <laughs> But all right, so round one goes to uh, Darren. Um, all right, let me think here. I did not have time to brainstorm. <laughs> hmm. Now, this one's a stretch, but I mean, we I think we might have done something similar in the past, but I'm just going to do it. Uh, not necessarily your favorite video game character, but the game character you would want to fight for you. Your video game gladiator who mm. fights on your, your video, behalf. Your video game Pokemon. <laughs> it could very well be a Pokemon. It could be. I mean, you never know. Oh, I just want someone to say, like, Pikachu, and the other person picks, like, Kratos from God of War. God. Oh. Or it could just be extremely boring. It's like Ratatat and Pidgey. Pac-Man. <laughs> it's not... It's not ex- mm. uh, exclusive to only Pokemon. It can be anything. Yes. I won't make that stipulation like you did at the zoo the last time, Brent. No. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm good. I picked Marcus Phoenix versus my Sim character. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hmm. uh, I think I'm good. All right. Uh, we're at round two here. Uh, three, two, one go Booker Thrall. from Bioshock. Oh, okay. I missed both actually. What was that? Uh, Darren, you go first. I said Booker from Bioshock. Booker okay, and and how about you, uh, Stefan? I said Thrall from the World of Warcraft series. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. All right, Brent. I need you to weigh in here. Is Thrall? I I haven't played too much, but is Thrall the main or character in World uh, World uh, Warcraft Three? He is. Uh, okay. In War, uh, Warcraft that. Three, yes. He rides the wolf. He does. Okay. Yeah, I know who he is then. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, this is really um. Hmm. Because Thrall and, has an initial power uh, list. He has a certain abilities of his own already. Where Booker is dependent on which uh, what do they call? It? They're not uh, syringes anymore. To uh, figures. Oh, sure. So he needs and, a certain vigor to get those powers. Yeah, and I mean, he's just a, a human with a gun, and Thrall looks like a goddamn... Like, he, oh, he's an orc. Yeah, I, I'm going with Thrall. That that one's just like, that was really good, the face-off. I would love to actually see them fight each other. So any uh, fans listening that can make that happen... <laughs> <laughs> But um, all right, cool. Yeah. So all right, so I like it's their one, choice one. of companions too. Thrall has a giant wolf he can ride in the battle. Booker's got his daughter who's missing her what pinky finger. Yep. Oh gosh. They've got destiny on their side though, so I wouldn't count them well, out. 
that ending gets confusing for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that was a good round. All right, so it looks like we made it to round three. This one is uh, win or lose here. So one of you guys walks away with like some kind of uh, self esteem booster. <laughs> some sort of Not really much. <laughs> yeah, but uh, just for shits and gigs. But let's see here. What's our our third category? Hmm. Shits and Brand- gigs versus shits and terabytes. Oh gosh. Puns. Computer puns. <laughs> That's what we've come to. Okay. Uh, that bites. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Thanks. Um hmm. let's see here. Oh Okay. Oh wait, what's yours, Brent? Because we'll we'll pick which one's better. I'm gonna say what character I guess we're just doing a theme of characters today. Uh, what character do you would want to see in an infinite runner? Hmm. All right. Well, hold on. What, Let's, tell me if you like this better, though. Um, if you could end world hunger with only one food, what would it be? Oh, God. <laughs> now, I got a few questions here, Doug. <laughs> what? Is it just one food? Like, I say pizza. I mean, literally, one pizza? literally, that's it. Like, you get one type of food, and you, everyone's taken care of. Everyone, would, everyone gets that one type of food, or is there just one food? Like, there's one pizza for the entire population of Earth. No, no, there is other types of food, but you'd have to be, like, a prestigious person to be able to access them. But for the people that are, like, starving and they don't have food, you'd be providing them with this endless amount of whatever you choose. I'm assuming, like, nutrition is just out the window? Uh, it doesn't have <laughs> okay. to be. Yeah, you right. literally... Yeah, that's what I mean. I might go with Oreos or something. Ooh. Do you want to see? I it? know everyone would die. <laughs> do you want to feed the starving people of the earth a bunch of healthy stuff and they're fit, or do you just want to give them cheesecake and you just see them rolling around happy in their five hundred pound bodies, <laughs> like Wally? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, it's a pizza tree. You can grow pizza. <laughs> so yeah, I think let's go with that category. And- yeah, I'd rather that. <laughs> hmm. Oh man! I wonder if in the world of Wally, there's like one vegan who like didn't eat any of like the soda or anything. It's just like super thin. <laughs> I don't know. Do you go practical? Do you not go practical? Oh, that's the thing with this show. Most likely not practical, but <laughs> <laughs> but you can do whatever you want, man. Hmm. I feel like half the time it doesn't even need to be a food category and food's an answer. Yeah. So. <laughs> food works its way in. We should really eat before we record the show. <laughs> Alright, I think I got one. Oh man. All I'm thinking of is just like normal food. I'm like, oh that sounds good right now. <laughs> um Okay. All right. We've made it to round three, people. This one's for the win. Three, two, one, go. Cereal. Poutine. Oh, I heard cereal and what? Poutine. 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 Ooh, true Canadian. Yeah, that was well played. I am oh. still flabbergasted that poutine isn't a USA creation. Me too. It sounds, it sounds like it should be. It, it really should. Okay, I, I'm going to represent some of the American listeners that have no idea what poutine is. Can you explain to me? Uh, sure. Uh, poutine, or poutine, is a delicious mixture of french fries covered in cheese curds, not shredded cheese, cheese curds, that's squeaky, and nice, creamy 
gravy. All mixed on top, very hot, delicious. Very nutritional, wow. as you can imagine. Our, Mc, our <laughs> yeah, McDonald's looks- has poutine, believe it or not. <gasps> yeah. yeah. Really? That is ridiculous. Yeah. I've heard of McDonald's and other fast food restaurants like across the world having different like menus, like obviously because they appeal to different uh, demographics. But that's just, that's cool. You know which restaurant actually has good poutine is uh, Burger King. They actually have a pretty good one. Yes, yeah. Really? In fact, I'm 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 literally Google imaging this, and Burger King is one of the first ones that came up. Definitely it's try it bad. if you haven't had it. Yeah, I have never I've never even heard of it until tonight. Oh, well, that's insane. Today you learned. <laughs> yes. I used to live in uh, little northern New York and worked with a hockey team. So, oh yeah, a lot of Canadians yeah. there, and we'd have poutine. It would just be the best thing to just have a few <laughs> drinks at the bar and just have a nice warm gravy fries in your belly. <laughs> nice. Now that does sound delicious. Um, but I'm also a huge fan of cereal. So this is actually really tough. I need somebody to weigh in on something. Like, Bren, what's your thoughts? Like this, we are feeding the entire planet here. Uh, with um, the cereal, is it dry? Is there milk involved? I'm assuming there's milk involved. That's up to Stefan, though. That was mine, actually. That was mine. Unless yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I missed, I mixed so them up. we say it's up to Stefan to decide Darren's choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You will that's, not have that milk. That shows you how... Yeah, crumbled, crumbled on the ground. <laughs> I'm quite the judge here. No, but seriously, uh, I meant Darren. Yes, then. I was saying with milk, and because there were no specifications, I was not specifying the cereal. Because there are so many great varieties. That is a really a nice way to do that because it could just provide like certain areas with Lucky Charms and other areas with like Cocoa Pebbles. (laughs) Get booberry all year round. (laughs) Oh man, Count Chocula. But I can't. All right, Hmm. Bren, where where do you stand? I I need to like we need to like vote here. I'm gonna say what kind of milk because I can vary greatly as well as the cereal. I'm a I'm a two percent guy. Hmm. I'm lactose intolerant, so mm. I'm already out. <laughs> Trick <Okay>. question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Almond milk was a choice. This is true. I think I think uh, honestly, seeing how they're both delicious options and they both I think the world would be happy with either. I think you guys You're not doing yeah. a tie. We are doing it. You're not being biased and letting the guest win. Make a choice. All right. Um, I can't though. Those are both really good. Unless we want to do one more like tiebreaker category. I don't know. If I have a say in this, I'm going to go poutine. (laughs) That's the thing. I'm I'm going. I'm going cereal, and that's the thing. It's like if we all voted, it's two to two. We need the tiebreaker right now. Fine. If you're if you're not content with letting them both win. We'll do a tiebreaker. You're got you're pulling a Switzerland on me. <laughs> you're holding back. You're not picking a side. No, I, I I honestly would have went with cereal, but if you would have went with poutine, I think it's it's just ultimately like if everyone raised their hand for what they were voting for, we're at a standstill. All right. So that being said, it's your responsibility to come up with a tiebreaker category. <laughs> if it's a good category, we can go with it. If it sucks, we can go with a tie. Okay. Hmm. I just can't believe I've never heard of Putin or Poutine. Oh, it's that's delicious. Just, yeah, that's wild. so good. <laughs> so good. Go up to Montreal or Quebec. That's like where you get oh. like the real stuff. Mm-hmm. I really do. I want to get out that way. That'd be that'd be awesome. I want to visit. And we actually have a Dungeons and Dragons podcast that we just launched, and that's our first destination. Awesome. Well, you're more than set for Poutine there. 
<laughs> cool. I'll definitely keep that in mind. <laughs> we'll use it to fend off the zombie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How are you holding up, Bryn? I, categories is the worst. Uh, like it's tough. Uh, huh. Oh, what genre of video games would you want your real life to be? It's your current life, but the way you move around and the way you interact with people is like the video game. As if it was an infinite runner or platformer or RPG or see, MMO. See, this is why we have the tiebreaker. That's literally probably one of the best categories we've ever had on the that show. Good. That's awesome. Yeah, that was oh, pretty good. Stop. Compliments we get you everywhere. <laughs> no, I really do. I, I That one's awesome. And I'm looking forward to their answers. <laughs> I know what it's not going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Bullet hell. <laughs> Text-based adventure. <laughs> Horde mode on any game. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to go to the grocery store. Fighting your way through soccer moms at the grocery store. You're making, like... This is so hard, Brand. Like I can't. I'm too indecisive to pick a winner at this point. So that's why I'll you sh- pick. You're done. All right, you're good. All right, uh, you're taking over as judge. This is the final say. I think. I think I got my answer. I think I'm good. All right. Okay. Yeah, I can go. All right. Tiebreaker. Final category. Three, two, one, go. Racing. World breaker. Builder. Builder. Sorry, world builder. Oh. <laughs> I was like, whoa. I was very confused whoa. for a second. I was like, I've missed out on an entire genre. Yeah. <laughs> and it sounds great. Yeah, literally. But racing sounds fucking awesome too, though. Except <laughs> you just can't crash. Well, obviously. You just gotta be good enough. <laughs> I'm just thinking of all my, like, I don't know if you, like, well, you definitely probably haven't, but I have a video of me playing False Achievements. Uh, it's like this, like, a video skit that we do of me playing Need for Speed, and I literally just end up repeatedly crashing the car. <laughs> so if that was the world that I was living in, I would have done awful. You're much better at civil engineering. Yeah, <laughs> I'd probably last better in the text-based one, really. I'm curious with the racing, because I know many racing games. You don't get out of the car. You are the car. <laughs> so is this just like the Pixar Cars world? Like, yeah, I just you know, drive up to my office, drive into the ring. <laughs> just, yeah, the original like driver games. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Oh, that was good. I gotta, so I gotta ask if this is the world you're in. What car? Oof. That is that is quite the question here. Because if we're making up this existing yeah. reality, I'm gonna say some kind of crazy Lamborghini concept car. Nice. Nice. Okay. In black. <laughs> nice. Oh, see, I would have went Bugatti in white. Also a good choice. But uh also, um about this world builder, explain exactly like what you'd be doing and how this is incorporated in your life. Like you're just designing everything? Uh, I just think of, like Minecraft. I would just build whatever I wanted. I'd just be like, I want a house. I'll build a house. I want a city. I'll build my own city. I want to build a cool car. I'll build a cool car. That sounds like a winning option because that's pretty <laughs> badass. It's a, yeah. I wouldn't want to pay for a house, but I'll just build one quick. Let's build it. Like whatever. Take some blocks, you know, throw them on the ground. Boom. Car. So you interact with the environment more than like the people in it. Like you can't manipulate 
uh, individuals? No, we could probably box them into something. (laughs) (laughs) Nice troll, troll all the NPCs. Yep. Lure them into a house, delete all the doors. (laughs) We've all done it in Sims. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, how's it this feel, is- Brandon? Make a choice. <laughs> I mean, I didn't say it was easy. I just said you had to pick. Oh, man. That one, yeah. I'm curious with the racing one, though. Because <laughs> would the world just be all racing all the time? Or- oh, and also, do you run out of gas? Because I've never gassed up in a racing game. So that should answer that question. And... Um, uh, yeah. Just driving every time. A, all the time. Here's a question. Is it Need for Speed-like, where if you do something or hit too many people, cops come after you? Or is it a cop-free world? I think there's cops, but they're pretty easy to get away from. <laughs> Lots of, like, opportune <laughs> ramps and things like that. Yeah, otherwise, <laughs> it wouldn't be fun if there wasn't some element of, like, oh, shit. You just hit the ramp and you jump onto the next map and you're just gone. Yeah. Huh. I'm just literally imagining like sitting in a high school class and you're just like a car. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think this fully through. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to go with the world builder. Yeah. Because you can build it as fantastical as you want it or as realistic as you want it. So if you get bored of living in the video game world, you can pretend like you're back in the real world. I agree with that. As soon as as soon as I heard him say that, I'm like, yeah, that was the better option. <laughs> nice. I'm just glad neither of you said a fighting game. That was terrible. <laughs> oh god. Just punching your way through life. Literally every person you encounter. Let's go. <laughs> here's, here's your mail, sir. Finish, finish him. <laughs> why are you oh, in man. prison? I murdered the mailman. I just wanted to take the mail. I don't oh, know Jesus. why. <laughs> well, there uh, we have it. Yeah, that's that's how we play. I was a walrus. Thanks for uh, participating, guys. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that was great. Cool. Um, All right, well, it looks like we're about at the end of the show here. Um, Is there anything you have that you'd want to put into like aspiring developers ears, like any kind of tips or, uh, or do you guys have anything you want to plug for yourselves? Um, I mean, grab the game. You can go to lastronautgame.com or search lastronaut on the app store. Um, you can find both of our Twitter handles on our website as well. If you're interested in following our occasionally interesting lives. Um, and for, I mean, for people who are wanting to make things like games, like just, I think, stick with it, like finish things, pick something smaller and actually finish it versus picking a huge thing and just getting overwhelmed and, um, yeah, do it with someone like the accountability that Steph and I had was one of the probably biggest reasons that we actually finished this because I wasn't going to give up on something that he'd put a lot of work into and vice versa. Um, and his work encouraged me and hopefully him seeing some of the stuff I was putting in, helped him get energy to do it. So this would have been much tougher to do on our own. Yeah. If you can find someone just to work with, like a buddy, just it's, it's great to work, work with someone else on a project. And I think just the other thing I'd say is, you know, be, be confident in what you're building. Like, 
like you heard from what we're saying, like when we released this game, like we didn't really have like sky high, expe- sky high expectations. We're like, oh, you know, maybe a thousand, ten thousand downloads at, at most, but we didn't we didn't expect to get the the attention you know we're getting now. And you know, like two years ago, you would ask us, oh yeah, you know, you would have had an app, a game, a million downloads. We would have thought you were crazy. <laughs> so. <laughs> I think just yeah. just be confident, just keep keep doing your thing, and if you're making something that you like and, and you think is fun, there's there's probably people out there who are going to find it fun as well. So yeah. totally, totally, awesome. Yeah, it's been great having you guys. I really appreciate it, and I'm so glad that you had such a a big success story, and we were capable of sharing it on our show. Um, anything you got to say, Bren? Uh, just what uh, they've said already. Always have an accountability buddy. nice that's what's making our game uh successful i mean honestly i've always wanted to make a game and just having that kind of teamwork or it it really does make you uh progress all right guys well i think we're gonna wrap up here uh we uh, we have a twitter at abt silence same with facebook youtube we're trying to do the whole twitch thing but we don't really have a solid schedule just yet But yeah, reach out to us. Give us a review on iTunes if you get the chance. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.